Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome to a very special Seinfeld podcast. You wonder why it's special? Well, as you can see, well, as you can hear, we're on the road. I'm not at my normal uh, broadcasting spot in Columbus, Ohio. I'm actually up in Atwater. It's kind of in northern Ohio. I'm at my sister's house. So we're going to have different people talking. And I'm here with my niece, Johanna. Johanna, say hi. Hi. Yeah, Johanna is joining us. Um, probably a one-time deal. Um, she got to watch Seinfeld. She got about halfway through when I got to the house, so she'll join us. And as always, I'm here with Laura. Laura, how are you today? Good. Very good. So we this week we're talking, what, what's it, like epi- season four episode, what was it, 13, I believe? 13. Yes. Uh, called The Movies. And we're going to try and get Johanna involved, too, so she doesn't fall asleep on us. Uh, Johanna? You got through, what, 15 minutes of the show, right? Yeah. It's your first Seinfeld of all time, right? Um, Not really, but... Well, have you seen Seinfeld before? Uh, no. Okay. Well, it's your first one, then. What, what did you think? You're 10, so obviously, you know, Seinfeld's not written to our 10-year-old. Is it interesting? Was it kind of strange? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really weird. Yes, very strange. Well, well, you got to give me a sentence. Like, what did you think about it? Um, it was kind of funny and not understanding for a ten-year-old, really. Okay, not understanding for a ten-year-old. All right. Well, we'll leave you alone for me here. So, yeah, one of the it was funny, Laura. When we talked about this last week, it seemed like to be a, there was a lot of Seinfelds around movies because we. Mm-hmm. The title you thought was something and turned into something else. Yeah. I, I thought it was good. It was kind of back and forth, a uh, lot of misunderstanding, which is good for any type of sitcom. And yeah. Jerry and Jerry had some issues at the comedy club. And like we said, if you're watching this or listening to this, you know Seinfeld. You understand what's going on. But uh, let's ask some questions about the episode. I like the questions you kind of came up with. And uh, let's ask the first one. And I'm going to have Johanna. Uh, take care of a kid that needs to go outside. If you help me out, your hand, okay? And come right back when you're done. Okay. He's making a lot of noise for hearing on the podcast. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So let's talk about the the first question. You were talking about Jerry and comics on the show. Yeah. He doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem to get along with any other comics. Jeff, you notice that? Like Banya bugs him. This guy, what's his name? Uh, Buckles bothers him. I have to say, and I hope this doesn't anger a lot of people, but this episode kind of bugged me because they were all so irritating in this episode. 
Yes. You know, I mean, they were all whiny and, you know, complaining and, you know, causing all kinds of, I don't know, just, they were all like, like Jerry was so mean to that Buckles guy for what I don't even understand what it was. I mean, the guy appears to be a little annoying, you know, but wow, was he annoying. <laughs> I, I kind of wonder, I've got a cousin. I, we got to have him on sometime. Um, he's actually in LA. He's trying to be an actor and a comedian. So he's working at a factory in LA. Um, he's actually toured with some people. And I, I asked that because I've heard him, you know, do his thing. He's, he's funny. I'm wondering, back in the 90s, what did you have to be to be a comic? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Because for comedy purposes, Bane and Buckles were delivering material, and we're like, oh, my goodness, this is awful. It's not that great. So I'm kind of wondering if, like, if you fancied yourself a comic, could you get in and do comedy? Well, I know they had, they had open, night, open mic nights, which is basically yeah. where Jerry got started. Right. The real Jerry. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's like you, this was one of the things I wrote down, like my first pass through this episode was, this is a really interesting look at the, his comedy life. You know, it's for a show about a stand-up comedian, other than the little bits that he does, there really wasn't ever a lot of information about how he did what he did. And this one gave a lot of information, you know, yeah. Him, he was gonna. He was attempting to do two shows in one night in different places, so that he could try out his um, his material before he went on before he went on Letterman, and you know and the way that they were scheduled and everything. I, I thought that was really interesting. If it was through, I'm, I'm assuming it was. Well, I kind of wonder about that because, like, I'm thinking, like, I read about even the big stars, like Jim Gaffney or somebody. Like, mm -hmm. what they'll do is if they're preparing a new comedy tour or going a Letterman, like you know mm -hmm. Jerry was, they, they might go open mic night. So right. if you go open mic night, you might see a hack, like somebody like me thinking I'm funny, but you <laughs> might see a Gaffney run up. And I'm wondering about those open mic nights. I mean, you, you would think that there's at least somewhat decent people, especially a big city like New York. But I'm wondering if it's like that in real life where, okay, you know, Seinfeld walks in, like, oh, wow, we get to hear Seinfeld. That's fantastic. And then Chris comes in. You're like, oh, my goodness, why is he up there? You know, I, I'm I wondering if it's really like that. Yeah, I think it is. Now, we, I think, have been um, – we've talked about uh, comedians and cars getting coffee. Yeah. The Seinfeld show on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. He talks to some comedians who say, you know, that they still at, you know, when they're, you know, advanced, you know, go out and perform once in a while, you know, okay, it's, it's, yeah, like they'll go out still to try out new stuff. And um, like, uh, especially if they're going to go on a tour or something that they will go out and do a little bit of, you know, do, do a little bit of time, you know. That gives me hope. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic when this is being recorded, so I'm not going to any comedy clubs anytime soon. But I, I'm wondering, you know, maybe this is a, a reason to go to some comedy clubs. You never know who, who might show up. It's not yeah. just well, you, you got to go, go, go to an open mic night. That's the thing. Okay. Um, comedy clubs generally aren't the places where they have. I mean, New York and California they do, but like the ones in the Cleveland area. Yeah. There are like ones they bring in name acts and have them go up. They might have a one person before them, but you want to go to an open mic night for comedy, you know? 
Yeah, I, there's one, I can't remember the name, it's in Cuyahoga Falls, I believe, and it was funny because I actually talked to the manager there one day, and he was talking about, especially during pandemic time, he's surprised that the names are coming in, because right now people are looking for, you know, places to go, you, you know, so, yeah, yeah it, kind of interesting to see how that whole thing worked out with Jerry and everything, and I guess I'm answering your question a roundabout way, I'm wondering if for comedians, you know, you want to hang out with other comedians, you want to befriend them and everything. And I'm wondering if there's kind of like a, a disconnect between comedians who know what they're doing and guys. Because I can imagine that could be me. I could be a Banya. You know, I see this big comedian and say, hey, I'm like you, I'm a comedian. They're like, oh, no, you're not. Or I think of it like we're in journalism. Um, you know, we work for Gannett. And even though uh, we sometimes work for bigger places or smaller places, we still have that Gannett by your name. Well, what happens if your local blogger who, you know, does a website and goes to some press conferences, you know, will come up to us and say, oh, I'm like you. And yeah, I, I hope we're nice enough not to disrespect them. But then on the other hand, they are different. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering if it's that same type of thing where you say, hey, you know, I've done this. I'm a professional. Hey, you're, you're just doing this on the side and you, you've got no experience to speak of. I, I'm kind of wondering if it's like that because, again, it's for comedy. But as you said, it's based on Jerry's life. I mean, these other comics were just awful. I mean, it was just. You know, that's funny because the that show that we were just talking about, he talks to a lot of comedians yeah. in, in it. And um, I mean, it's right in the title <laughs> um, that they like he knows them from comedy clubs. You know, there's a bunch of the older ones, you know, not when I say older, like, you know, his age, <laughs> which is 60s, you know, right. um, that, you know, he knows them from when he was starting and they were starting basically at the same time. And, you know, what's weird about it is like from that show and knowing that, I mean, I'm watching it with a little more information than I probably should be bringing into it. Um, but it seems like Jerry, the guy, um, has a better relationship with other comics than Jerry, the character did. Yeah, I think so. I don't understand why that is, you know. I mean, he's annoyed. These people are annoying, but why does he have to act that way? You know, I don't know. I'm defending. I'm, I'm defending the losers. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think so, and I, I'm wondering too if, like, in your professional life, you know, hey, one of the reasons why I do this with this podcast summer because I love hanging out with journalists, and it's been great. You know, between mm -hmm. you and other people we talk to, you're, you're talking to journalists all the time, which is fantastic. I'm wondering though if there's a certain limit. You know, what I mean, like, mm -hmm. I can't have. 10 hundreds of journalists on each week because you're kind of like, oh man, there's only so many hours in the day. So you kind of like pick who you hang out with. And during a pandemic, this is hanging out. You know, we're not, you know, me at the bar anymore. And you kind of wonder if, you know, you got to pick a limit. Uh, there was another Seinfeld, and I can't remember the exact episode where somebody was trying to get into the group and they're trying to hang on. And Jerry's like, Man, I only have room for a certain number of people in my life. And, you know, I, I kind of think about that. You know, sometimes I think about that in my own life uh, with having kids and everything. But I think it was probably true for Jerry's character and other people too. Where yeah. he saying, hey, you're a nice guy. Maybe we have some things in common. But, man, you know, I, I just don't have time. I, you know, it yeah. is hard. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think, but probably the answer question, I think it was just because 
the comedy was so different. It, you know, it's one thing if it was somebody Jerry could respect, but I mean, Jerry was there for to help himself professionally and everything. And yet, yeah. people coming in that had nothing really to add. Yeah. You know, I mean, it'd be like you met somebody that wants to write for your paper and they're giving you something that don't have sentences together. Like, I can yeah. imagine if I'm trying to break into business, I meet an editor. I say, man, here's an article I wrote about something going on locally. Check it out. And you're looking at it, you're like, oh man, this isn't grammatically correct. I, I, I can't do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, hopefully you'd be nice because, like you said, Jerry's kind of a jerk in this episode. Yeah. But maybe you sit there and say, hey, I just don't have time. I, I can't accept this. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> well, so Joe, I'm sorry, I don't have access to the. Oh, no, I said, uh, I asked what your, uh, what your. This is a strange episode. We talked about this last week. That this is one of the only episodes in the show that doesn't take place in any of the normal places. Yeah. So, um, my my question was, what is your favorite location? on the show and i said mine is the coffee shop and I would agree. yeah I would say. i'm a very i watch i watch this stuff in a very strange way <laughs> in that i'm always fascinated by you know stuff like when you turned on your camera today you said we don't use we're not using the video anymore but um Oh, oh, I wonder what kind of plants those are above Christmas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a nice microwave and uh, stove back there. You know, I always look at stuff, you know. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I was probably created for the Zoom era, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. where you can look and see what's in the background. You know, I when we have our we have a call every morning with the reporters and I've at the begin toward the beginning, I would ask them, you know, what is that behind you? What is that big thing? You know? And uh, so to me, like the coffee shop is interesting because they, over the years of the show, they shot in so many different areas of it. Mm -hmm. And it, to me, it's interesting that you get to see different parts of that set, but you know, in Jerry's house, they don't really ever, I mean, I can probably count on one hand the number of times they shot him in that corner of his apartment where the desk was, you know? Um, I mean, granted, it's a set, so it's probably not, you know, set. I mean, he they did shoot a couple times in his bedroom, but only of, like, a close-up on the bed, you know? Yeah. So it's, you know, what's, you know, what is in the bedroom, you know? <laughs> what would well, be I like the scary yeah. bedroom? I like that too because, like with Seinfeld, yeah, you've got the big four, but obviously different characters help make the show. And unless it was Jerry's was bringing back, very rarely would you have an extra character coming into the house. So I kind of like the um, dining, uh, the um, cafe, well, the shop, because you could bring other people in and everything, which made yeah. it. I got to ask you, again, we, we, we don't want to get too far off track, but one of the things that's been fascinating about the Zoom thing is I personally get frustrated when the people have the backgrounds. And I'm not saying they're all bad to do that, but show them a real place. Like, unless you're in a bathroom or something like that, I, I don't like the fake backgrounds. What do you think about the fake backgrounds in the back? I don't know. I mean, I can't, you know, you know this better than anybody. Um, I can't complain about anybody's background because in general, I'm not on. My camera is not on. That's true. 
because uh, when I first, when we first started doing um, the at-home stuff, I had myself sitting in front of, I have a giant window in the front of my house. It probably takes up three quarters of the front of my house. And I get afternoon sun and probably starting at nine o'clock, I get, you know, really bright light, you know? So if I ever turned it on, it was like I was in the witness protection program on, you know, when they do those interviews. So I don't turn it on. So I, you know, I'm always like, whatever, you know, it's, um, I wish, I will say, I wish some people would sit in more interesting places like Dave Serino, who's our our local news editor in Canton. Um, I've been looking at those pictures on his wall for a year. Oh, me too. Yeah. Well, I think too, like, you know, about Seinfeld, it's interesting because the coffee shop, obviously it's a set. They're not going to actual coffee shop because it's an interesting set. It's more dynamic. It's more bright. Um, even though it's the same set, I think you could do different things with it than just Jerry's apartment all the time. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, the, it becomes better. It looks real. Like we bring up the Zoom, which will probably outdate, you know, five years from now. But with the Zoom, it's tough when you have the same stoic backgrounds. It, it becomes tough. And hopefully coming from, um, y- you know, where we're at TV-wise is hopefully we don't have really fakey backgrounds and some of the shows are coming out. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but no, I, I thought Jerry, I thought the show did a really good job with the shop. I think it added to stuff. You saw different characters come in more like at the shop. I think it was one of the, the best places. And you're right, that made this show weird because you didn't see them in their apartment. You didn't see them there. You saw them in a different place, which made the show unique and fun. So it was good. One of the things I was just thinking is that a lot of my favorite episodes of this show took place solely outside yeah of their normal places like the chinese restaurant is mm-hmm. high up on my list the parking garage one yeah another one of my all-time favorites and, and just imagine when you, when you thought about that show how many sitcoms like, like if, if we were just a regular sitcom and we said we're going to do the whole thing in a parking garage yeah that's an awful place to have a sitcom or, you know, a Chinese restaurant thing. You know, it, it makes it good. So, all right. Well, what do we have next? Question-wise. Let me look. I lost my place. Um, oh, the, we'll go back to a thing about George and money again. Yeah. You know, George and um, the payment for the tickets. Did you, and something else I noticed after I sent you these questions uh, yeah. Sorry, I had to yawn. <laughs> um, something, something I hadn't thought of that um, I lost it now too. Oh my gosh, help me! Um, well, the thing we were talking about that we're talking about about this episode is that George buys all the tickets. Yeah, and he wants them to pay him back, which is a normal thing for George. He's very He's very, George is very cheap, <laughs> notoriously cheap. And like, he wants, he wants like, Elaine to pay him. She doesn't have anything but a 20. And Chris and I were emailing a little bit about the fact that this is one of my pet peeves in life is that I cannot stand that ATM machines only give you $20 bills. Yeah. 
I long for the old days back, back when you could get 25 bucks or 15 bucks out, you know, and you get a 10 and a five. It was so much nicer, you know, and it's just, it just drives me crazy. We're not carrying as much cash with us too, but it, yeah. it is frustrating. Uh, Johanna, let me put you on the spot. Do you get allowance? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Okay. <laughs> so you've got cash in your, right? Mm -hmm. You carry cash. Is it frustrating when you don't have the right change for something? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Okay. It could be tough, right? Mm -hmm. Well, on the show, they were having that because they were buying something. I think it was like $7.50. And yeah. You know, somebody like, let's say you're buying something $7.50 and you're like, I don't have the right change. Well, isn't it frustrating if I give you a 20 and you pay for it and I say, could you give me my money back? And you can't give me the money back. It's awkward, right? Because you don't have the right change. Yeah, it's tough. That's what happened on the show. That's what Laura and I are talking about. But, yeah, it, it makes it tough. And, yeah, with ATMs, does your mom ever go to ATM? Uh, I don't know what that is. Okay. ATM is where you get cash. Like you can get cash out of a machine if you need cash. And I'm with you, Lori. It's tough. I remember this week I was actually we were trying to pay somebody that only takes Venmo or cash. We didn't oh. have Venmo, so we had to get cash. Well, the bill was like 42 bucks. So I go to the uh, machine, and they only give me 20s. So I got three 20s. I had 60 bucks, but if <laughs> – Change. What did you do? And it was yeah. awkward because we were tipping that person. So I didn't want to give all 60 because that had been a really, really nice tip. So, yeah, what do you do? It makes it tough. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah. That's got to be rough. And, and I swear, if we were in the world, Chris, it would be a different place. Well, thank goodness <laughs> for Venmo and thank goodness for PayPal. Because, you know, I, I don't use either of those. So. I use PayPal because there's two bills I share with some long story. We won't get into it on the air, but there's two bills I share with somebody. So mm -hmm. what I'll do is I'll PayPal them. That okay. way it makes it easy. Yeah. I don't use PayPal for anything else. Uh, well, I, I buy a couple things where it's easier to pay via PayPal and they charge it right from my account. But it's, I got to say, it's made the world easier because right now, how do you do it? You know? Uh, because even if, like, let's say we went and split a lunch together, well, how, you know, you can ask for separate checks, but that can be awkward. And sometimes people can't do that. Yeah, it makes it tough. So, yeah, I, I definitely get that. The well, other thing was, I realized the other thing I was going to talk about relating to George and the tickets is another period of time where George bought something and it just went horribly wrong, you know. He bought the tickets for the whole group and then had to use, what did he use? Three tickets to get in? Because the guy yeah. just wouldn't yeah. remember who he was. <laughs> he was. Yeah. You know, like three seconds after, you know, he wouldn't recognize who he was. And it, goes, it reminded me of the of the airplane mm -hmm. tickets. Where he got, uh, who's the killer? The killer guy that was on the cover of Time magazine. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah, he, he he was supposed to buy refundable tickets, and he didn't buy refundables, and then he used them. And okay. yeah, no, that that could be tough too. And it, it was a movie theater too. 
I, I've never been questioned. Again, they're in New York City. It's a bigger city. There's a lot of people coming in and out and everything. And there's more theaters that people are going mm-hmm. in and outside. So I, I get, and I could believe that that's how they do it in New York City. But I've never been questioned about my stuff. I mean, I'm a guy that if I go to a movie, I want to stay in the movie. I mean, yeah. if I'm paying eight bucks for, or 10 bucks or whatever it is now, you know, I don't want to leave, uh, even to miss yeah. it. So I'm trying to make sure I use the bathroom beforehand and all that other stuff. But I've never been questioned like on the stub. Like, I could just walk in and out. I'd probably could even walk into another theater if I wanted to watch the end of another movie. If I were yeah, one. probably. Yeah. I've never been questioned, but, you know, I always, I'm, my normal pattern for a movie is it was before they started assigning the seats, you know, when they, like the ones in the Canton area, at least, they got the, you know, reclining seats. Yeah. And as soon as they got the reclining seats, you have to pick your seat when you buy your ticket. Yeah. You have an assigned seat. And, um, I used to, like when I would go with my husband um, back in the day, yeah. <laughs> it seems like, you know. Um, it was a different time when we actually went yeah, to movies. Exactly. Yeah. I would go, we would go in, we would pick a seat and I would put my stuff down and I would go to the restroom and I always took my ticket with me because I was always nervous about it. I don't know if it was because of the show or not, but I always took it with me just in case. Because usually the... Um, hallway for the restroom is right by a right by the stand i i'm not sure why i'm yawning as much as i am right now that's good it's well, friday and it was yeah. funny because like elaine like tried to hold four different places at once oh my gosh i can't do that either i i'm right with her man saving seats forget it yeah i gotta say the this is again first world problems the most traumatic thing for me is when you're at like for me it's um, Marshall's or TJ Maxx yeah you know you go down that little hallway to the to the register and there you have to wait for them to call you when there's a line yeah it's like the most pressure you could ever put on me because yeah. I'm always like oh please don't make somebody tell me I'm forgetting to go or <laughs> I didn't hear or, you know yeah. <laughs> it's a stupid thing first world problem obviously but still, it's like, oh, and I, I can totally understand how she feels. And, and you asked for one seat to be saved, but I'm assuming your husband was there, too. Yeah. So, you know, just one seat. And, yeah, yeah, most people go with somebody else in the theater. So, you know, that makes perfect sense. But the four seats, I was just crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. And, yeah. and again, it's New York City where everybody's busy and everything else. It's tough. Um, okay. Oh, it's time. <laughs> My my partner's coming in and out very much. I don't I don't think she'll be able to sit for a half hour podcast, but she's trying. She's doing her best. So, yeah. Um, yeah well, one other thing, and I, I'll bring this up. It's a little delicate, which I'm glad she's out for too. Um, the Rochelle Rochelle, which I'm glad <laughs> thinking about when she walked out. Um, yeah, interesting movie. Um, I don't know, probably. Rated R. I don't think there. It definitely didn't seem to be like the triple X variety. I, I questioned that because, you know, the movies in the 90s were talking about the, not the movie, the TV show, Seinfeld, and as my, he's walks right back. Well, we'll keep it clean. Um, but with Rochelle Rochelle, it, it was a very, uh, shall we say, what's say for a 10-year-old, uh, a spicy movie maybe. You know, something with, with a girl that, you know, finds herself and everything else. I thought it was interesting. In the 90s, in 2021, I'm sure it's going to be that way in 2121. You don't 
go to another movie to for somebody that's very attractive that's in a spicy movie. Like, you know, you always talked. I'm not sure if you're still a big Clooney fan. You're a big Clooney fan. And we were, as a newspaper group, we would go to movies. And, hey, you were like, hey, it's Clooney. We're going to see Clooney. So I know we watched at least one or two Clooney movies right when they came out, which was good. I mean, they were good movies. Um, but it was weird because we knew you liked Clooney. But it's weird to say, oh, I love Clooney. I'm attracted to them. I want to go see it because of that. Come with me. Or, hey, I'm with well, That's how most of my movie viewing is, anyway. Yes. But it's weird because they made it. He got married, though, so now I'm not. He's not my boyfriend anymore. What's that? Clooney got married, so he's not my boyfriend yeah. anymore. Well, at the time. At the time. You know, it was a while back. But yeah. I don't know how you would go up to somebody else. Like, say, you know, you were with a couple of girlfriends that were all, all Clooney fans. You don't sit there and say, man, we love George Clooney. Man, George Clooney's in a scene where he's kissing this girl. We got to see this together. <laughs> kind of awkward conversation. I'm sure it happens. I'm sure people do that. But in, in a public movie, it just sounds weird. I, I mean, like, you know, I... And maybe I'm a different guy, but I don't sit there and say, man, she's my favorite actress. She's very attractive. We got to go see this movie where she's in a uh, a makeout scene or whatever. It, it just seemed weird. And again, very funny. That's what Seinfeld was. I'm sure that was the point of it. But very strange how various people are like, oh, man, it's a great movie. You got to go see it. Oh. <laughs> you got to say. I'm still a little surprised that no one has ever made a movie called Rochelle Rochelle. Yes. <laughs> it, it would be very interesting. And, or a Broadway show starring Bette Midler. Yeah, I'm thinking too, if you're going to movie like that for that reason, okay, I can understand if you're good friends with somebody. I can understand mm -hmm. if you work closely with somebody. But you look at it was Banya, right, to invite Jerry? To Rochelle well, Rochelle? Yeah, at the end. But Jerry, Jerry missed seeing his friends and the guy he was with. It was either Banya or the other guy. No, it's Buckles is the Buckles. guy. Okay. Buckles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Buckles is like, yeah, oh, I heard it's hot. Yeah, I heard it's hot. And you don't say that to somebody. Like, that's not, again, they weren't on a date. But if you're out with somebody for the first time, that's a very forward thing to say to somebody. Like, the first time I'm hanging out with a, a friend, you know, I don't go up to the friend and say, man, we got to see that Angela Jolie movie. She's hot. And, you know, it's tough. That's mm -hmm. a hard conversation to have. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. are strange friends, George, uh, Chris, you know. They are a strange group. And we knew you liked George Clooney, but you weren't like, yeah. man, George Clooney had his shirt off. <laughs> I can see that. I mean, we were like, oh, well. Well, you didn't know that I was thinking it, but, yeah. <laughs> what? what you didn't say that. Right. That's, you know, that. That made it a whole lot less awkward. But I think we did good. Oh, uh, yeah, it's time. Are, are you, you didn't feel awkward what we just talked about, Johanna, right? Okay, so we were safe. You know, you know what we're about. Yeah, Johanna's not running away and <laughs> she's not telling mom, and I'm, I'm not in trouble. So that's what we tell you later. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk later today about that. Johanna, any <laughs> questions about Seinfeld? Anything about, did you have a question about the 15 minutes you watched? No. We need, we need a question from you. Um, 
I don't know. What was your favorite part of Seinfeld? Maybe we could say that. About the 15 minutes you watched. You said it was a little bit funny. You were confused after the first two minutes. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a big mistake. But then you said it was a funny part. What was the funny part to you? Like when that guy was like the, like, he was trying to be the main character's friend. But <laughs> he was like bothering him and being annoying. Yeah, and that may be awkward. Do you have that at school? Like, you got your friends at school and everything. Is there ever a time where someone you don't know really wants to be your friend and it's kind of rough or awkward? Yeah, a lot. A lot, okay. Is that because you have a limited number of friends and you want to keep it that way? or? No, it's just because um, they – because, like, how I want my friend relationship to be, it's not how they want their friend relationship to be. Okay, so they're trying to do it on a different level, right? Yeah. That makes sense. So, look, Seinfeld's applying to 10-year-olds. So, man, you see, you learn something from Seinfeld then, right? <laughs> She's not just, just be more mature than the Seinfeld characters. Yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> be more mature. So, man, <laughs> we've answered the question today. Seinfeld, hey, one of the things I love about Seinfeld is you can – apply it to areas of your life. And I found myself thinking, like, when I'm in a weird situation, it sounds like a Seinfeld episode or something. And it's kind of cool about how a 10-year-old can relate to Seinfeld. Now, granted, there's a lot of stuff about Seinfeld. Hopefully a 10-year-old isn't relating to it. But, hey, the whole question about the awkward friend trying to be friend Jerry and it getting a little awkward, Johanna here can relate to it. So mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't watch all the Seinfelds. I think your mom would yeah. yell at me if, if you did that. But yeah, nope. not yet. So very good. Well, hey, as we're starting to close up, let me pull up. I don't know if you have it up, Laura. We got to figure out what we're watching next week. Yeah, we're watching The Voice, it's called. Oh, okay. An episode that's late in the the series. Uh, Season nine, episode two. All I can say is, hello. Yes. Well, I'm actually – we're going to extend this by, like, two, a minute or two. Uh-oh. Because I want to – yeah, I know. I'm going to look right now for my, my producer here, Johanna. Yeah. Okay. We got to play this for Johanna really quick. Not the whole episode. Let me find voice, and let's get Johanna's reaction to it, all right? <laughs> Answer, huh? Uh, very weird. Very weird. Okay. <laughs> Do you see that and go, oh man, I gotta watch another Seinfeld? That's like another Seinfeld that's on. Um Johanna's giving me a weird look, but but Laura, I gotta tell you, Seinfeld this. the voice. I see this. Seinfeld the voice is becoming <laughs> man, it might be top ten. I, I like that. Really? Yeah. Wow. The ha ha ha. I mean, there, there yeah, was three yeah. shows I used to listen to that 
you know, they would use that as a sounder when they were laughing, you know, and it just, it, it made me laugh. Very silly show. Um, you'll find it at the end without giving away to, and, and again, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the voice 500 times, but, but I liked how at the end there was this big debate. Jerry just says, is it the girl or is it the voice? And Jerry picks the voice. Yep. Which was fantastic. So, well, we it's also the episode where Kramer gets an intern. Yes. Yes. Which is, again, to me is the better part of this episode. So, <laughs> Maybe, yeah, you look surprised when I said top 10. Maybe top 10 is a little too ambitious, but it's up there. Yeah. I would say easily top 20. And maybe mm-hmm. I really thought about top 10 because the Korean American Industries, them doing the oil and the voice. I, I, I like the goofy stuff, so it's pretty good. So, so Johanna, if you come back, we'll have to talk about the voice. <laughs> I, I think Jerry has what they call the podcast business a one-off, where during it for one time, and then you'll never hear from her again. So, yeah. uh, well, hey, thank you so much, oh, Laura, Thank you for your sure. flexibility. Oh, sure. Uh, oh, yes. Starting to yell in the background, so no reason why we're very soon. So, thanks for checking out a very special Seinfeld. I'm excited about this. Um, we're being socially distant. We're trying to be careful. We're just with my sister's family today. But I'm looking forward to the time when this pandemic ends because I like to do some more stuff on the road. That's a nice thing about this. We don't have to all be in the same place. So, Laura, thank you for the flexibility. Had off work, and that's why we're taping this from a different county. So, yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. The voice. Probably we'll have to come up with a bad voice impression. That'd be fun. All right, hang on for a second afterwards. And for everyone else, thanks for checking out the Ohioan or Seinfeld podcast. You have a great day. All right, bye-bye. What else going for?